Hey there everyone. Welcome to the Scott Science podcast. On this podcast, we'll be covering and discovering topics from all over the scientific world from a synthetic biology perspective. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and follow us on Spotify. Oh, and by the way, check out the students behind this amazing podcast on our team's Instagram at @almaigem. And now, enjoy the episode. another episode of Scott Science and today we're going to be interviewing Dr. Caminaris. Um, he is actually Elma College's iGEMS mentor um, and our advisor here on campus. So we're really excited to talk with him about some of his research and his previous experience with iGEM. So how do you implement iGEM into your research and your classes? Because I know you have a class on campus that strictly is for um, iGEM research. Yeah, so we do actually have uh, one of the spring term courses here at Alma is entirely focused on synthetic biology and iGEM. Um, one of our hopes is a class like that will help prepare uh, students to really be leaders on the team. But uh, I like to use iGEM in some of the other courses like the, the biochemistry courses, the molecular genetics courses that I, I teach here. I think iGEM is a really great way to uh, show students how the material we cover you know, it has connections to real-world examples and technologies which can actually solve problems. So instead of just learning about uh, gene expression with a classic example, we can cover one that actually other students have explored on iGEM teams. So I, I love using examples, um, you know, from either what our students are doing or from other iGEM teams in, in class. Yeah, definitely. And I know that you, like I said, and like you said, you implement that into your biochem classes um, on top of that spring term that you teach. Um, and you were the one who started iGEM here, uh, which is really awesome. I'm so glad that you did it. Um, what was your motivation to do that? Um, like, I know you're like totally into it. So like, could you explain like why Elma and why iGEM? Sure. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really passionate about iGEM. Uh, I have been for many years and I can't take full credit actually for starting iGEM at Alma. So, um, others here, particularly Dr. Brian Doyle, had gotten the ball rolling, and actually they're the reasons why I was I was essentially brought on to help start the iGEM team. But they had the conception of doing that here already. Uh, one of the things that I really love uh, about iGEM, and one of the reasons why I really got into it, I mean, the idea of applying this science to actually create new technologies is why I started studying molecular biology in the first place. And I really think that it's great. Um, it's an, an empowering thing to be part of because it shows you how you can, you know, even as students, really make a change. And, and I really like it because I think it's a great model for, for science going forward. I, I've never really been, despite being an academic, I've never really been uh, a huge fan of sort of the academic publishing industry and the way that science normally gets disseminated. And I really love the model of iGEM and the sort of open source feel to it. So, But what is your research on campus? So do you do strictly things with iGEM and does your research change annually when we do change our projects or what does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And it does kind of change just because yourself and the other students tend to come up with some really interesting questions. And then I think, wow, that, that would really be great to explore further. So I have this sort of list of, of projects I'd love to eventually get to and revisit from iGEM teams. But um, my, my main focus is uh, trying to 
find ways to make synthetic biology easier to do um, and to be able to better uh, engineer uh, microbes. And so things like coming up with new assembly methods or improving the tools that are used or uh, one of the projects that I have I'm starting to build some designs for is a better way of measuring gene expression, a faster one than the ones currently used with fluorescent reporters. So those are some of the uh, the sort of ideas that I, I like to play around with. And I also have some research in bioinformatics, which kind of came out of the fact that I didn't have a lab for uh, a little while. So um, I, I ended up developing some expertise in that, and I have some interesting projects uh, surrounding um, looking at coevolution between proteins. So. We've kind of talked about your um, your involvement with iGEM strictly on Elma's campus and what that looks like with research and everything like that. Um, but you were also a mentor and a judge at one point um, at other in institutions. Um, so could you talk a little bit about your experience with iGEM as an organization? Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been following this competition since uh, almost the beginning, actually, and, and when as a spectator in some of the first jamborees when they were still holding it in the uh, the the Strata Center in MIT. Uh, I've, yeah, I've been interested in ever since. I tried as a graduate student at Stony Brook, tried to drum up support to, to um, field a team, but um, my, my advisor was not very keen on the idea. Uh, but I uh, was able to continue to go to the Jamboree. I volunteered for a few years. Um, and then in 2016, I went as a mentor for the Kingsborough team from New York. Uh, that was both in 2016 and 17. I also participated as a judge, and then here, when coming to Alma, was able to to continue that and uh, and expand upon it. So, yeah, which is really awesome. And again, like so glad that you're one of our advisors um, because we are very successful here at Alma. Um, we like to think that this jamboree is also going to go extremely well and play in our favor. So, really excited to see how that uh, kind of washes out for us. We're very excited. Yeah, if, uh, I. I think that one of the things that really attracted me to doing this at Alma is the fact that, you know, as a small liberal arts school, you sort of have that all those interdisciplinary connections that you need to succeed in an iGEM competition. And it really felt like, you know, why aren't more schools like this uh, participating? It, it seems like a really natural fit. So. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know that we've kind of talked about even getting high schools in Michigan. We have no high school teams in Michigan, which is something that is like, why, why aren't we doing that? And we do only have three collegiate teams in, in Michigan. And it's like, why is that a thing? Like, shouldn't there be more? Um, so hopefully we get some more um, in the upcoming years as iGEM becomes more public knowledge and that word spreads about like what we're doing and the synthetic biology research that we're um, really performing, which would be awesome and to add some more people. Yeah, there's a lot of potential to spread that here uh, in Michigan and uh, across the country, really. Yeah, getting more some U.S. teams out there, which would be really cool to see. Um, and I think our last question here that we have for you is kind of switching gears a little bit, not really talking directly about iGEM um, or uh, specifically about the classes you teach, but um, in the given circumstance of COVID, uh, what challenges are you seeing, whether this is personal experience or things that you're seeing within our community, um, when communicating your science, when, when communicating any, really any science that we have um, amongst us? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, one one very simple problem I have is just trying to explain science through a mask is not always easy. But uh, so just in lecture, it's, uh, uh, you know, um, making sure you enunciate is, is important. But 
in the sort of more serious note, um, it, communicating science, particularly in this time, I think it's still important to talk about science. And uh, I know that there are some concerns in the iGym community and the scientific community um, overall about being very careful about not giving false hope. Um, and, you know, that is important, but it's also important to balance that with alerting people and letting them know that there are some interesting developments and in technology on the way. There was a synthetic biology paper from earlier in this year, which was a really, really interesting and innovative uh, approach to potentially creating a, uh, a prophylactic for COVID. Uh, and so this is something I love to talk about with people, but it is something that I have to make sure I'm measured to let them know that it's a long way from FDR, FDA approval and all that sort of things, but still it should be uh, developed further. These kinds of innovations are really what's going to let us, um, you know, meet these kinds of challenges in the future. Right. And especially like with people who don't have a science background, um, like you or I, and you know, mine is very much limited compared to what you have, but, um, yeah, being able to say like a vaccine is not just going to be able to roll out as quickly as we're used to and like flu vaccines, that's an annual thing that comes out. Well, with COVID, it's not going to be that exact same thing. And we do have to go through clinical trials. And what does that look like when somebody reacts poorly to a vaccine that it was made? Um, and so I think that's where a lot of communication is being lost is being able to communicate with people who don't have the knowledge that most of our scientists do have, even the, the general college student um, taking microbiology this semester. The, the, I can understand so much more just because of that one class. And that's something that somebody who isn't even taking microbiology could potentially not understand. Um, so I think that's where that big overlap happens. Yeah, it, it's an excellent point. And it's something where um, I think the scientific community really needs to rise to that challenge, not to shy away from it, right? We should be talking even more about these things uh, and, and not less, but just doing so in the right yeah, way. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you have anything else to add, Dr. C? Uh, I just think that this is fantastic, and thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Yes, um, of course. I've, I've been thinking for many years now there should be an iGEM podcast. I'm an avid podcast listener, and I'd love to have – more synthetic biology in in what I can listen yes, to. Yes, so we're super excited excellent. to start this. And yeah, we're going to be on one of our first couple episodes, so we're super excited. Um, and thank you so much for joining us. To our listeners, we hope to see you back next week for our next episode.